Hey everyone, Justin here with White Tail Theories Podcast. On the mic today, we have a super special guest here. New camo company coming out. It's called Cajun Camo. Um, and actually, the owner is also one of our field staff here at Serviceside, uh, Bo Laborde. What's up, man? What's going on? Oh, not much, man. How's it going? Going pretty well, pretty well. Well, thanks for jumping on, man. I know we're doing us a late episode here, but with both of us working, we just tried to get it in when we could. Oh, yeah, man. You got you to gotta get it when you can get it. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. But so for you guys that don't know, I'm going to let um, Bo jump right into it here. Um, but, Bo, how we always start out the uh, episode is we're going to obviously talk a lot about the company, um, get a good idea of, of what's going on there and, and about you and, and let our listeners get to know you also. Um, so, Bo, how did you get started out into hunting? That's kind of a little segue question we like to start out with with uh, first-time guests. Yeah, man, I was uh... – you know, it's kind of cliche, but just born into it. I mean, both sides of my family hunted. Um, both sides were, uh, one side big into duck hunting, small game. The other side uh, grew up squirrel hunting, deer hunting. Um, mainly when I was when I was small, we lived, uh, my grandparents' land bordered up to a lease. And uh, it was kind of landlocked. So we had, a, you know, about 1,500 acres that we, you know, treated, you know, as our own. We, uh that's where I, I stayed in the woods and, uh, with my dad, my grandpa, mainly, um, you know, started out squirrel hunting and get in the woods and learning, you know, all the ins and outs of hunting and appreciating it. And, um, you know, of course I graduated into, into uh, deer hunting and, uh, took a few deer with my rifle and that led to bow hunting. My dad was a, um, avid bow hunter, uh, in our area for several years. So, I mean, that, I got into that naturally and um, just never let up, man. It's, I, I'm still hunting as much as I can wherever I can get. And uh, like you said, uh, work, working and everything, you just uh, go as much as you can. But that, I mean, that's still something that never died. You know, that's stayed with me since I was little and just appreciate it as much now as I did then. No, that's, that's great, man. As, as many times I've heard it, and I've said this on other episodes before, but, um, you know, even though a lot of us have gotten into hunting kind of the same way through dad or grandpa or uncle or whatever, I mean, I know some people that got into it through their mom um, and their aunts and things like that, but it never gets old hearing that story because all I hear when I, when I hear that, I just think of the tradition being passed down, you know, something, you know, I think people neglect the small details everyone always wants to get like more 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 and and just go take things to different levels and they forget the small things of just a basically passing the tradition down you know is worth more than probably anything in the hunting in the hunting world no oh, yeah especially nowadays uh, i think it's a tradition that's dying off honestly um and because i've heard you say it on the podcast before people don't necessarily do it to survive now right um, now we we eat everything we kill and we haven't and we, we don't buy a lot of meat a lot of the stuff we eat is uh from deer we kill and uh, we process all of our own game make hamburger steak i mean the whole nine yards we have all the all of our equipment we keep at the house and we get together at the end of the season with two or three of our neighbors and everybody brings what they need to bring and we set up for the day and we just have a full day of you know, packaging everybody's stuff, and it's kind of tradition we've started, uh, I think, eight or nine years ago, and uh, just something to kind of look forward to every year. 
Yeah, that's something that I kind of got out to uh, out of a little bit. I got into that like just like single hunter stage. I didn't have a family, you know. I'd go to work, you know. I'd have the rifle or the um, uh, the bow under the seat and in the case, ready to roll, and you know, I'd go after work. And I mean, now I still try to go as much as I can, but um, it was just a whole different level. And then and then I kind of got out of that like almost culture part of it of the cookouts and uh, people getting together and you know yeah you know we all want to set goals and you know hunt mature animals and go different places and stuff like that but you know there's there's no other feeling like that like hunt camp slash like just family getting together with with same interest um and getting together that's definitely something that i think we see it on social media but i'm i'm with you man i i'm a firm believer that there is a lot less hunting you know, I told a story where my dad hated hunting, dude. He did not like killing animals. And uh, he had to hunt growing up, you know. So, like, that was, like, their job. <laughs> like, he was going. There wasn't an option. Yeah, my grandpa would tell stories about hunting wasn't a, a sport or a hobby. You know, when they, they went goose hunting, they went and, you know, they had to come back. They had to come back with something. That's what they, that was a lot of the meat that they put up. You know, it wasn't going out there and hanging out in the blind with your buddies and yeah. joking around. And he said, you know, you didn't waste shells. You didn't go out there and not come back with anything. That was, you know, you, you went hunting for, for a purpose. You know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a pastime. It's kind of, kind of the same thing as like you talk with your dad. Like they, he had to go, you yeah. know, it was a, and uh, but man, like just passing it on. Uh, like I have a little boy, uh, my brother-in-law who was involved in the business he has a little boy and I can't wait till they get old enough to take him. The few times I have had people in a deer stand with me that either haven't killed their first deer yet. And I was there when they, when they did it or just taking people on, taking people on hunts. And, uh, my little cousin used to be my shadow, you know, and he, every time I went to the woods, he was right there. And now he's, uh, he's passed me up in the duck hunting. He's <laughs> super big into it, man. It's just cool to see him do that now. And he was, Toting around a crack bill 410 every time I went to the blind and you know in the back seat of my truck all my buddies every time I went couldn't leave the house without him you know so yeah yeah it's just no, cool I, to pass it on. I always I talk to some people I have a lot of more so more friends down here that got into hunting when they were in like their like late 20s and 30s and I always tell them that's the spot they missed out on it was was starting out with those BB guns and little 22s and things like that and, and 410s and then now then you work up obviously to you know the expert level stuff but um i'm like you guys skip that stage of like just i call it the drop in body stage it's where you're just young and i remember we used to get a ride after high school we would literally be like hey we all got five bucks drop us off at you know this wma and, and you know it'd be 20 minutes from the high school and you know we'd get our one of our moms to come pick us up and in the middle of the night on the side of the road we'd all scurry down you know it hunt you know the sun would go down and we'd all end up meeting us a, a spot or whatever and we always did that and you know that they'll, they'll surpass you quick especially if they get that that itch <laughs> no family no kids no responsibilities I, I i i encourage younger people all the time to try everything because then when you're older 20s 30s then you can decide where you really want to hone in i know you're big into bow hunting and you know you take it to a, a whole different level than what i do um but you know like me for example with turkey hunting i i take that to a whole freaking level i'll go sit out there 12 hours without moving and just watch birds in the off season um it's just something i really enjoy doing but yeah see I, i'm still 
yet to kill my first turkey. I, I mean, I've had opportunities, you know, and I uh, actually went this past spring for the first time, and uh, we had we were working on one, man. He got hung up and never never come out of the uh, edge of the woods. But that's and you know that's your thing. Everybody's got their own niche, you know, yeah, and that's just sure. something I've never, you know, I, I'd like to do. Springtime, I was fishing. You know, I never right, really got big right. into turkey hunting because I was I was at the lake. You know, a lot of my friends that that are not into turkey hunting, they die hard. You know, that's trout season, that's fly fishing, that's you know stuffs usually running in the bays and things. So, uh, yeah, no, I get it. It's everyone's got their own niche. I got I know guys that squirrel hunt with dogs, and that's all they want to do, man. They don't give a crap unless a big buck walks out in front of them or or something and they have a tag they don't they could care less i got one buddy that he's real big in a small game when he'll actually call us and be like, man there's a bunch of ducks over here if you guys are hunting you know it's like just let me know where all the squirrels and otters and everything are <laughs> yeah but yeah, that one thing yeah for sure man so let's talk a little bit about your company here um you know i was saying the name with you before we started but uh cajun camo let's dive into that just start off at the beginning, man. What is it? What are you guys doing? And uh, how'd you get started? So like I was saying before, my dad was a avid bow hunter, man. We live just south of a, a really big army base named Fort Polk. And it's all pine trees. It's it's, uh, it's nothing but pine thickets. And he was hunting one day and bow hunting. And uh, he's sitting up there in his climber. And... You know, he's in a pine tree, you know, and you're wearing oak tree camouflage. And he, uh, that's where the idea originally came from. And he got to think, like, man, I need, you know, there's nothing offered out there that truly matches this. So, uh, actually, right before we got on this phone call, I took out of my truck the original, it's the original drawing that my dad and my uncle got together and drew it up and had it printed. And, uh, it was pretty neat to see really where it started from. But that's, uh, that was the original uh, idea of it, and him and my mom, uh, they jumped in head first in 2002 and um, flew to Pennsylvania. Um, there was a textile company out there at the time that uh, they went and they had to choose different color palettes, and they used plates, and man, it was 13 different files they had to put together, and it was a whole different ball game than it is now, but that was where the original pattern came from and uh actually made a big order and uh some things kind of you know fell through through contract wise and different things and uh, we actually ended up with the camo all of it and because my me and my sister we were both young my parents were both working so you know they had gotten in touch with a kind of outdoor distributor company and Things just didn't go as planned. Uh, but we went to actually the business and picked up all the camo that they had ordered, which was a lot. And uh, now when I was younger, we, we'd go to festivals. We'd go to uh, outdoor expos around the state, big trade days around the state. We'd do pop-up shops with, uh, with our friends that had businesses trying to sell it you know friends friends and family that knew we had it they come by and buy a bunch of it if they needed it or they come by for christmas presents whatnot and we it finally dwindled down uh i don't know five or six years ago and um that was kind of kind of the end of it and this last 
year we got to kick an idea around about uh coming back out with it and how we're going to go about it so uh my dad got in contact with a guy from up in pennsylvania and kind of talked to him about what the process were now and and the guy was like man it's way easier now with everything digitized everything is so much more realistic the process is so much cheaper um you know back then even with that slow technology and just took days to to design this stuff it was like ten thousand dollars and now it's you know it's not nearly that but but the quality and you know of the image is so much better and so we flew up there and uh this past december me and my dad and my brother-in-law and sat with this guy for a couple of days we got very close to what we wanted come back home send him a few more things um he sent us a few samples back and forth and finally decided on a, on a finished product and that's when we got into you know so now you now you have a pattern you know and it's like where do you go from there well now we need clothing so you know that and then options are endless you know and this guy up there had hundreds of different fabrics and different styles and we kind of put together a game plan on what we wanted and i mean you you've visited our website you've seen what we have what we have right now we wanted something that is good quality but it's still offered at a good price and it's nothing it's nothing fancy you know what i mean it does its job it's you know we have the pants the buttons up the performance style shirts um a good jacket mask and hats and that's uh, we sent him different samples of stuff and hey change this change this to make it our own um i had you know add a few things on the jacket that uh i think are features that that i look for in in a hunting in a hunting jacket um and still be able to come in at that price where it's affordable you know i mean we we all work you know and it's uh i think it's it gets outrageous sometimes um on certain certain products but going through the whole process of learning the different materials and every zipper you add every button you add every different cut you add you want fleece on the inside do you want the weather stripping done do you want um this certain insulation in the jacket do you want elastic on the wrist every little thing you do adds cost to manufacturing which i mean is directly you know associated with the retail price so we went with you know like i said we went we got a sample sent to us and <clears throat> changed a few things up sent it back and the second time they sent us the second set of samples they sent us was spot on so that's what we rolled with man nice now i said in the beginning owner are you guys just all just kind of just together like partner together with the company and just kind of all went into it together is everyone just like have their certain role or yeah we're all in it together um like i said my dad originally he was the original designer of everything and and man, we went to jump into this. I was telling him, I said, look, social media nowadays is, it's a game changer when you have a product or oh, you have yeah. a business. 100%. That, the, the things you that, can do, it's like that textile. Just imagine that times a million. Yeah. And that's what we sat down and I said, look, I said, I'm, if we go through this, I said, I'll hustle on social media. Uh, I follow, man, before we even had this idea, I'm on a ton of different hunting pages, bow hunting pages, saddle pages taxidermy pages arrow pages you name it on my facebook is, is slap full i mean all these all these places 
is potential customers. Oh yeah. Once you get a product developed, man, this group has fifty thousand. This group has seventy thousand. This group has. Oh, yeah, the crappy groups um, got a couple of thousand. You know, even the ones that aren't even you know, but it takes it takes one, two, three people out of each one to to make it happen, man. Social media is the is it's one of those things, man. It's bittersweet. It comes with negatives, but it comes with a bunch of positives too if you can overcome adversity and you know learn how to be professional with people i mean you gotta remember too i always tell people that are getting into the social media game like there are people that get paid to make fun of you and to trash your product and to give you back there are literally people that make 60 70 80k a year to to crap on you <laughs> so you have to always remember that yeah i mean actually yesterday i'm sorry day before yesterday um uh right before i left work i got on a few pages and I made two posts, and in 24 hours, you know, we jumped to, jumped to over a thousand likes and follows just on our Facebook page. Messages blowing up. It was like just those two pages with over 2,000 likes on the post and like 600 something comments last time I checked. So it was a very good response, and 90% of the comments were positive. Like you said, there's there's always a few, but man, that's that comes with social media. That doesn't. That doesn't bother me. Uh, it comes gonna... with life, man. It comes with life. Yeah. Anything. Just yeah. now, people. Now people got the the balls to say it. You know, not to your face. They, they'll just say it online or whatever. But no, nah, I mean that's social media is man. It's it's a good way to reach out and you know as a club we we don't get crazy with it. You know we did in the 2011s through gosh 2019 2020 but um imagine then if you guys were popping on social media then it would have been really crazy i know it's it's dropped off a lot but it seems to to kind of be trickling back facebook's kind of released the grip a little bit like on us for example last year we were there's no way i could put like a dead animal on there we were getting we've been shadow banned on instagram for as long as i think i've been in like they don't our reach is is very minimal because we're just we're huge you know we're a huge club so that's who they go after they're like oh you got fifty thousand followers shadow band <laughs> no one will see that and that's part of that was part of the topic of hunting dying off people just aren't i want to say educated i guess is the word oh yeah um, that's 100 percent the word for sure it, it, it goes I mean, to a lack of education for sure with it i mean that dead deer i promise promise lived a way better life of than the cow that you bought that steak from at the store oh yeah if anyone knows how they take care of chickens i mean they electrocute them and then dip them in pretty much clorox bleach i mean like and then you know process them like that you can't tell me that that your arrow or your bullet you letting it you know rest for gosh through two you know an hour to three hours however long it takes and expire on its own is is more cruel than than you know how meats manufactured on a daily. I mean, man, a well placed shot with a rifle, they're down right there. And with a bow, multiple times I've watched the deer go down, even hunting thick woods. So I know that deer is dead in less than a minute. With an ethical shot, you know, double lung shot, a heart shot, that deer is dead uh, extremely quick. You know, and that meat is. There's zero hormones putting that meat. There's zero uh, steroids putting that meat. Nothing. That, and that's why we enjoy. That's why we enjoy doing our own thing. And we fish. We eat those fish. We duck hunt. We eat the duck. Deer right. hunt. All of our all of our ground meat is deer. You know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much you guys do of pork, but see, I've gotten real big into pork here. I don't. I don't think we have. 
I mean, I cook, I just cook everything to temperature. I have a meat thermometer that literally texts my phone when it reaches temperature. I mean, there's no guesswork to it anymore. You don't have to poke it with your finger or hold it sideways in the light. Like you can put a thermometer in there. It hits 145, 165, whichever you feel comfortable with. And then boom, you're pointing out, we eat a lot of pork and we eat a lot of turkey because we have a ton of hogs and we have a ton of turkey here. That's what we have excess of. So I've learned different recipes to kind of go with that to complement each meat as opposed to trying to turn it into something that no one wants to enjoy. Every time someone comes down here, I always make them a turkey burger because I always hear people say that turkey burgers are trash and no one's ever came and ate one here and not been like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, you got to not overcook it, man. You got to grind your meat up properly. You got to season it like a lot. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have any fat in it. And then you need to cook it to temperature. It's 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 not complicated. People make things complicated. <laughs> yeah, there's a... We have a lot of hogs here too, but uh, are you saying cook? I, I have a pellet grill, man. We'll be outside. I'll, I'll put some meat on there. We'll go shoot bows, watching a football game, whatever, hanging out. Take it off. Everybody's like, man, this is really good. What, what you do is like, kind of put it on there and forget about it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just go check on it later in the tender. Like, man, pull oh, that slow cook stuff. Yeah, that them slow cooking days, man. They're my favorite. You just gotta go peek on it every once in a while. And... But um, so. I had a question uh, with the camo here. So when you when you guys started designing it and taking it to that next level, did you kind of cater it off of what Louisiana's like? Or I know you hunt a little bit in Alabama too, right? Or like kind of that southern state, or did you try to make it universal? Well, I mean, the <clears throat> I think that the full bark patterns, full you know bark background patterns, have always blended better as a universal uh, use. Now there's there's of course patterns that are very specific on into what they're doing. Um, some of the waterfowl patterns, you know, look really good in the marsh grass or, you know, the cornfields and stuff like that when they're hunting dry fields. But right. a full bark background, it, I mean, you're both hunting against a tree. Right. Yeah, I mean, you're not, you're not off hanging in the limbs. You're, you're on the, you're in a climber, you're in a lock on a ladder stand. You're, you're leaned up against a tree and, of course, of course, it looks good in Louisiana. I mean, it's it's pines. Right, right. But I think it looked good the, here too. That's why I filled up my cart because I'm like, you know what, spring, it's gonna get wild. A lot of people think that pines are just, you know, in the south. But man, I've received uh, pictures from guys up. In, I mean, Montana, Colorado, Wyoming. Uh, had a guy contact me from upstate New York. Um, so it's it's nation there's pine trees it's nationwide and it looks good on those too and uh now we've received orders from kentucky maryland georgia texas indiana ohio new york just since launching last week and i mean i think it's just something that can blend in anywhere you go and when we first got it in i know it's it's a pine bark pattern but a lot of those pictures that i've made on the post that's that's my brother-in-law against hardwoods there's when he's up against those trees now we have our fabric wrapped around some pine trees in those pictures, but the pictures of him in the field is, is hardwoods. It's, it's oak, you know, it's different oak trees that are in our woods just to kind of show that, Hey man, it's not just, not just a pine pattern. And I had a guy on one of the posts that I put yesterday. He said, Hey man, you really need to post this to some waterfowl pages. Cause the guy's hunting flooded timber, you know, standing timber. They would love this, right. you know, just kind of that, that darker bark pattern. And we, we've talked about that too. And, uh, 
and, and you do i like it for that aspect the original pattern had a lot of green in it and i've showed you um i've actually sent you the pictures of that second pattern that yeah. we haven't released yet <clears throat> and uh that's that's an evergreen pattern and uh man everything you know the goal is everything keeps running smooth like it is that's going to be released in the springtime hopefully we have you know everything out for turkey season which i think that'll be i think that'd be a good turkey hunting pattern um but even turkey hunting i mean it looks like 90 percent of the time guys are propped up against the base of a tree that's always where i'm at man up against the pine <laughs> yeah <laughs> i sit bro i sit at a pine or i sit at a um cypress either or and you know like like you said the the positive and negative comments and everything. One, you know, somebody yesterday on one of the posts said, uh, he just kind of went, Psh, uh, it just looks like tree bark. And I'm thinking like, exactly. That's where you comment and you say, thank you. That's what we were going for. I mean, a lot yeah. of people are about that post and ghost, but I kind of like being a smart ass sometimes, but you have to, <laughs> I had this very, very, very successful businesswoman. She owned multiple million dollar businesses. She literally told me this, um, hopefully I don't get, I'll, I'll bleep it here on the thing, but she told me, she said, you have to be the nicest bitch you can be when you, when you <laughs> do things like that, because if you come off too aggressive or you come off too, I would say almost not masculine, but in a, in a dominant, like, you know what, man, screw you. You know how many hours and man, you know, time we've put in. when you come across. Cause I've seen business owners do that business owners that I never thought would do that. And I'm like, whoa, 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 bro. Cause there, you might turn away other customers that actually do like your product because of how you're conducting yourself. That's where you have to, I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I'll tell people straight, but you always kind of want to be like, you know, I would have totally took that one and been like, I appreciate that, man. We worked really hard to, to make it look just like bark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You gotta be, you gotta be tactful with it. And, uh, and, and, but I look at that comment and then there's 30 that are like, Hey man, this looks awesome. This looks great. Yeah. I can't wait to check out your website and try this out. So I just kind of let that kind of speak for itself, you know, and, there was one guy on there. He, he had said something, man, and people just jumped on him. And he actually messaged me. He's like, "Hey, dude," and he said, "I didn't mean nothing like that." I said, "Man, don't, I don't take nothing personal on there, dude." I said, "I knew what you meant, but I said the internet's a wild place." Yeah, it is. you know what I mean. So, yeah, uh, I said, that, "Dude," I said, "I'm not, I'm not worried about that, man." Now, when I ask, and and I'm, I knew, I mean, I'm glad you explained it that way too, with it being able to use in any state, because obviously there's pine trees in any state. And I mean, honestly, I even think that. Um, you know, cypress trees, at least down here, they're so big and they're so old that, um, they'll even come across sometimes as a, as a bark looking, uh, design. But, uh, what I meant to was more so like the material, like, is that something where like, I'm going to be able to go out in the spring and hunt with it? Or is it more like, what's your temperature gauge? Um, as far as like, I guess, like, I know you have the short sleeves and the long sleeves and the jacket. So obviously those speak for themselves. The jacket's going to be warmer, but for just your regular pants and the regular long sleeve. So that's what we we geared it toward the weather we have here. Um, and like you said, the whole the whole pine tree thing, everybody associates that with the south. So our clothes are they're good for both because we have very similar weather to what you hunt in. Um, it doesn't get below. It doesn't. We don't hunt a lot in the in the forties or anything below the forties. Right. That's that's here. Um, like I've had the jacket. It was the mid. We actually got a cold snap, which was rare this year. But it was mid thirties. I wore, I threw on a uh, one of the Badlands base layers, uh, button up pants, and my jacket, and I was good. And but as far as like turkey hunting and 
as we offer in the early season, which is like a it's a, it's a super thin material. Um, and we have our kind of all around. It's got the rip stop. It's oh, a okay. little bit thicker, a little bit thicker, a little bit tougher material. Um, but I hunted early season. Uh, my dad wore it up in Illinois early season. Um, so man, your your springtime turkey hunting will be fine. That's why we come out. We had the performance, like the long sleeve performance style shirts, and uh, that's that's kind of the, the way I see everybody refer to them. Just the that soft, that soft kind of dry fit, long sleeve. Right, a lot of guys right. Like hunting that. It, it reminded me of a good um, like low fifties to like seventies type material. Is is just from looking at it and from what I've seen with your photos and things like that. Um, that's what it seemed like. Yeah, several mornings it was, you know, that I've hunted this year been low 50s and heats up to 70 by the time I get out of the stand. And I've, I've been fine with it, man. It kind of fits that fits that range. And like I said, if it gets colder, I, I just throw on a base layer and a jacket and I'm good. Right, right. I'm, I mean, I'm a big layer, especially down here in the south, because you're going to get those random fronts and, you know, nobody wants to be cold out there. I mean, even though it doesn't get as cold as what it is up north, I'm going to to minnesota this weekend and i think it's supposed to, i think we're supposed to get snow but there's a couple of days that it's actually supposed to you know almost get up to 70 so i think it's gonna be funky weather but you just gotta be prepared for that and layer which you have all it looked like you had uh the jacket the long sleeve the short sleeve the pants i seen the the rip style pants um and then you had obviously the hats and the um the uh face face covers yeah i mean i always I always wear a mask. I, I don't know why. I just, it just, my dad wore one growing up, so I always wore one and just stuck with me. I think your face, I mean, your face sticks out. Oh, You're yeah. all camoed up against a tree and you have, you know, your face is bright up there. And I hate, I hate face paint, man. Uh, because I'll sweat it off. Yeah, yeah that stuff's I put, gone. I put it man. on. Yeah, I put it on. It's all smeared. Looks like a girl crying after Look, prom, man. I looks, can't stand it. Looks there. awful, man. I, I I've gotten it before too, and and just to try it because I'm like, oh, but you're that's, dude. I I start sweating by the time I get myself ready after I get out of the truck, and I'm even when I go to my stand, I go to my stand usually in basketball shorts and a like a t-shirt uh, or a dry fit, and I actually always change. I always put my clothes on when I get to my stand. Or wherever I'm hunting, I'll, I'll go a little extra earlier to do that. And I'll actually take my clothes off. I'll put them in a bag. It's it's like the only weird scent thing I really do. Uh, it's just something my uncle used to do, and, and I just kind of copied him. You'd kind of brave the cold weather in your basketball, skimpy basketball shorts, and get to the spot, and then I'd hurry up and change and you know kind of dry yourself off with your with your clothes that you're putting in the Ziploc bag. But the only thing is, don't forget that Ziploc bag's in your bag. <laughs> Done that before. Yeah. That's gonna be a rough. Yeah, one. I hunted in Missouri before, and I had a. Uh, it was cold, man. We had, of course, my insulated big insulated jacket and insulated bibs, and I had a long walk. Um, they told me I was like, man, uh, just put that in your scent lock bag, put it on your back, and go in there with just your long sleeve t shirt and shorts. And it's yeah. like mid twenties. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna freeze before I get there. Like, man, you're gonna be colder if you sweat in those hot clothes walking that long. And I didn't, you know, I didn't listen that first day. Man, I actually sweated, you know, wearing that stuff. And uh, 
the second the second day I changed. You know, I just changed when I got to my oh, tree. Yeah, man, listen to them OGs because I, I mean, to the scent, you're you're stinking up the place now with your with your human scent. And I don't know about you, but I'm not like a stinky person. But when I sweat, like there is like a like a like a musk or a you know a certain type of um, I don't know if it's like the shampoo or the chemicals from like the the body wash or whatever coming out of your pores. But you know, there's been times where I'm like, oh crap, I keep baby wipes. It's really like the only scent, you know, when it, when I I try to play the wind, um, you know, mainly. But uh, I I do that, man, because you're you're sitting there and you're cold. So now you're freezing and everything can smell you. At least the the important yeah. stuff. You might you might have some young bucks walk out or some does or something. But you know, the mature bucks, I. I I, I'm yet to see some, I mean, I know people, I know some people that get out there, man, especially some big boys and they'll get out there and they'll be sweating and they'll still get it done. But I don't know, man. I just, me, for example, the wind end up swirling on me and boom, busted. <laughs> oh yeah. And I actually, um, I actually started shower before I go and like the scent, you know, I'm using just some, uh, I would I change it up every year, man. I always try something different to see how it works. I think I went with the code blue this year. Okay. I did uh, that one last I'll, year. I'll take a shower in it. My clothes are in a bag. You know, I don't touch them clothes till I get, I get out of the truck. I, I use I hunt behind my grandparents still where I grew up and, uh, I'll throw those clothes on there, but man, I, they have, they make some field wipes and, uh, I'll actually, once I get set up, you can, you know, wipe your face, wipe your hands, wipe net. I mean, everywhere you're, everywhere you're sweating and then i'll spray back down and so far this year I've, ha I've had you know i've had deer downwind i've had deer you know 10 yards from me haven't had a problem yet on i mean but there's always there's always luck that plays in that there's things you can do to make yourself luckier but at the end of the day man it's it's luck you can use you can use all the best scent control you have and that wind swirl or that deer just smell something a little off and it has to be skittish that day i mean yeah i can there goes your line. i mean it's all about i mean too it's we had a conversation last night about it you know they all oh, have person yeah. different personalities too and and you might you might, a hunter might have shot at that deer and missed and and they recognize that same smell as before you know they they remember things like that oh the deer the deer around our house are born looking up in trees man i think as soon as they hit the ground they start looking up somebody in a tree <laughs> and they're the most skittish deer ever and uh like uh when i went and worked um went worked in kansas with my dad and it's crazy because we we sat on this field just scouting one evening and the guy gave permission he was a cattle rancher he said man i hate deer y'all come shoot them i said okay you know so we go sit on top of hay bale two does come across the field buck jumps the fence chases them i said all right we're sitting up there you know the next day i got off work went brushed in a ground blind put up a camera you know, the next Saturday morning, we get set up on it, eight o'clock. Like, just he read the script, man. Just comes walking. I mean, actually, he come running through the field. We had to stop him, shot him. It was a perfect hunt. You know, that deer never thought anything different. Perfectly fine. And then we, uh, just a few miles down the road, we had uh, some big does at a place we had permission to hunt. Man, this doe. This doe come behind me. I was hunting a ladder stand we put up. This doe come behind me, busted me. I was like, okay, maybe my wind was wrong. Maybe she smelled me. Maybe she seen me. <clears throat> a couple of hunts in a row, she got me. So finally, and I was I was bow hunting, and uh, 
my dad had his crossbow up there. So, all right, I said, I'm about to minimize any kind of movement I have to make. I even got out of the ladder stand, went and made a blind out of the brush that was there. I had a little bitty window to shoot from. The wind's blowing in my face, probably 15, 20 miles an hour. It was cold. The wind's blowing in my face. My clothes have been hanging outside for days, sprayed down. I mean, there's nothing. There's no way. She didn't see me. She didn't smell me. She didn't hear me. She gets 30 yards, like just out of sight in this little thick spot we were hunting, and just starts blowing and making circles around me and blowing. There no, there's no, that's the most, that was the most frustrating thing to, you know, kill a mature buck just running through there like nothing's going on. And this doe just, and all season, she got us all season and could not figure her out. And we finally just, we just agreed that she associated that area with danger. You know, maybe we went in there and she did catch our smell or she's seen us and she would just blow when she came to that area. And, and that's all we could think of because there was nothing more you could do to not get busted by this deer and she was going to get you every time. <laughs> that's how it happens, man. I've, I've seen it like that too. I've seen deer that, that will walk up to a camera and lick it. And I've seen deer that as soon as they see a camera, you never see that deer ever again. And no one else sees them either. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, you know, we have good relationships with our neighbors at my family's land in Virginia and we all communicate and, it's happened, man. We've had deer come through, passing through, and see a see a camera, and literally they're jumping town. They're moving to the next town. They they're gone, man. I don't know why. Then you have other deer that'll come up every day and and start licking on. It. I mean, and then we know obviously bears love them. Bears eat them. So it's uh, yeah, my, it's wild. Where my dad's hunting out in Illinois, and he said he's got he's had more pictures up there of deer, either bumping their nose on it, licking the camera. I mean, an eyeball right there on the lens, like the deer is so curious. I think it doesn't bother him at all. He shot a big deer last year up there. They had big deer on camera this year. doesn't bother him. And it's crazy because I've, I believe it was one of the, one of the white tail theories podcasts I was listening to a guy talking about, um, finding scrapes, you know, in the pre-rut and not running cameras anywhere around those scrapes because that deer seeing something just slightly off or you put your scent on that camera or he catches a glare off that camera and knows that that tree doesn't shine and you know, and something a little off and it spooks him out of there and he won't be back. Yeah. Adam, Adam runs into that where he, the spot of mountains he hunts and near the Appalachian mountains, uh, that certain area of public land that he hunts, it's big woods and that's how they are, man. He says that he's very skittish. He's told me when it comes to camera, he's like, I wish I could use them. I like putting them in them six, seven mile spots back in there. But he's like, man, he's like, sometimes it just, it does more harm than good. I don't, I don't know if it's just because some remote areas, animals are just like, they, they don't know. They, they don't know what it is. And they're either, it's, it's, you know, they're either going to run or they're going to be curious. I mean, that goes with that personality. Uh, the older I get and the more I spend time out in the woods. And obviously when I was younger, I dropped a lot more bodies just because I killed anything that moved. And now that I'm a little older, I'm more selective. But one thing I noticed about watching animals is every single one of them are different. I mean, I've, I've done it where I've got off work you know, I used to smoke cigarettes and I, I would get off work, you know, reeking of cigarettes, getting out the truck. And I've killed a mature buck literally on the way back to the truck, like 20, 25 yards. And I'm like, whoa, like how did I can smell me? So I know he can smell me, but it's just sometimes their personality he was tailing a doe. He just didn't care. Oh yeah. You see on these pages on Facebook and I've known people that they, and not just hunting in a box blind, making, you know, 
a long shot. Like, there's people that will smoke in their climbing stand and then shoot a deer 20 yards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. And I, yep. and I rack my brain like, okay, man, I'm going to do this thing control, do this. I'm not going to hunt this spot today because of this wind. I don't want to blow this deer. And then you have this guy that goes out there an hour after daylight, jacks up in a tree, smokes a cigarette, puts yep. a dip in, spits it on the ground. Yep. It smells like wintergreen and uh, camels, and then shoots a big deer. Yeah, man, that's, you know that's how it is, smelling like Winston's or camels and just pump <laughs> gas in his truck on the way there and everything. And I'm over here putting gas in my truck like three days before just to make sure that. <laughs> it's crazy how, right. how that happens. My old lady's dad was like that growing up. He shows me all these pictures from the 70s and 80s of them cigarettes in the mouth, deer on the pole, man. <laughs> they, they, it's just different I, I just think it's different personalities and I think it's one of those things where in every area it's different I mean down here in the south I'm a firm believer in, and I don't know how you guys are in Louisiana but I know talking with Adam in Georgia and me in Florida it's like a stick breaks the wrong way here and you never see that animal again especially on public land I don't, I don't know if it's just because they can change their patterns because there's so much food there's so much cover you know, there's, there's every, they have everything they need. They can leave and go to another spot and have everything they need here. Um, there, it's often that I go to a spot and I don't find food. It's, it's very rare that I, I go scout a spot and I don't find some type of food source, whether it's briars, acorns. Uh, I found a like a persimmon tree. We have orange trees that grow what? I've literally been ten miles back in the swamp by boat and found orange trees. There's, I have no clue how they would have got there. You know. And that's like this. Some of the areas we hunt up here is so such large areas with such thick woods that you know if you do bump them out of a bedding area, man, they'll just go three hundred yards in and bed down there. And everything <laughs> is a everything's a bedding area. It's not it, you, you can't go narrow it down. And there yeah. are guys that are stupid successful where I live. And every year they limit out just bow hunting public land. Some guys are awesome, but. To, to say, oh man, this is this is his primary bedding area. This is it's so thick, man. I just don't see a lot of guys do well on like on the edges. You know, they may have cleared timber out ten years ago, so this stuff is short and real thick, and they're hunting next to big woods, and they'll have success there. But our woods are just so. That's like we're leaving for. Um, we got a group of guys. We're leaving for Oklahoma Friday morning. I think the same day you're leaving for your trip, and. And I talked to the lady, uh, actually the lady that we're renting the cabin from up there. Her husband works for Wildlife and Fisheries for Oklahoma. And I was talking to him, and he was just kind of explaining a couple of areas, and they're avid deer hunters also. He said, I don't know, man, these woods are really thick. You probably can't, you know, do this or this. I'm like, man, I promise you. I promise you I can manage. <laughs> I promise they're not thicker than what I'm hunting right now. Yeah. <clears throat> there's no there's no way. That's what I tell people too when they're like, Hey, it's thick. I'm like <laughs> I'm like, bro, it's literally green in my state twelve months a year. It's literally green. Like I I know and then some WMAs are just forgotten. It, we call them lawless, dude. It's they're just just wild west. Just you'd never see a, a game warden, you never see a, a, a um, sorry, a, um, uh, uh, forest, you know, a forest worker, um, park ranger, nothing. I mean, there's some WMAs. We just call them forgotten. Don't know why. 
but that's what they are. Then you have other ones that get well managed and burned and, and, and things like that. But those thick ones, man, I, I like to get through that thick stuff because once I, once I get through, once you punch through that barrier of thickness, no one else is coming behind you most of the time. If I do see someone, which is rare, I'm usually like wanting to talk to him because I'm like, oh shit, this person's really a hunter. Like he's out here. Yeah. You know, I will. I, I'm a, I'm a usually avoid people if I'm at the parking lot and things like that. And I, uh, I'm real big into, uh, if I see someone deep, I'm like, Hey, let's chat for a minute. I'll tell you what's going on. You tell me what's going on. And you know, especially with bow hunting, I mean, the odds are anyone's favor, you know? Oh, yeah, we've, uh, <clears throat> the thick areas. we've been scouted a few times uh, in that public land north of where I live and it, we get back to the truck my brother-in-law's like dude we walked seven and a half miles today and it don't feel like it because you you know you're just walking through the woods and looking for all this stuff and where we come up on this spot this year and we thought we had it like there was deer sign everywhere there was there was a little uh, like a small creek that ran through it there was you could see old rubs old um just little trees torn up. I was like, dude, this is it. We walked like 20 yards further. There's a camera. I was like, oh, oh, man. No. I was like, man, I know it. I like, man, I know it's public time. But I can't. Yeah, I'm not going to run up on this guy's nah, time. He, put, it, he, he put in the, he put in the work too, man. I'm not going to mess with his stuff. And uh, yeah. so we just, we I was like, all right, we'll just chalk that one up as a loss. But hey, we found a good spot for later. We'll make it come back and check it next year. See the dude still hunting here. But I'm not gonna. Like, man, I do put in that work to get there too. So oh, that's the public land, dude. I've I've been there before. I actually shot a, a bird with a member that came down from Ohio, and we had shot the bird. I was like, this is a good spot. I'd I'd seen it before. I'd canoed by it. I'm like, it's a really good spot. This is where I'm gonna put him when he comes the first day. So the very first morning. He got in my house like 2 a.m. We left my house at like 4 or 5 a.m., went to the spot. Um, he ends up killing a bird at like 12 that afternoon. And we're literally talking and, and doing the uh, the like the after footage there. And while I'm sitting there, he looks up at the – while I'm filming him, he's like, that's a camera right there. And dang if it wasn't a trail camera. So I actually walked up to it and was like, hey, we shot this bird. And I texted my number out on my phone and I showed it to him. It was like, give us a call. Um, I'd seen other birds there, so I was going to be like, hey, there are other birds here. Like, don't give up because we shot the bird. And uh, he never called me or texted me or anything, but I, I kind of felt a little bit. I know it's public land, but I'll be honest with you, man. I know every man for himself, but after he shot that bird, I was like, dang, I didn't even notice it. Because if I did notice it, I, I would have moved on because there's plenty of, man, people are like, ain't no land. There's, there's, you're crazy. Go go out there in the summer and walk all the public land and tell me there ain't no land to hunt. You know, there's it's plenty of land. You just got to get away from where everyone else is. And it's funny because every 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 spot's a secret spot until it's not. <laughs> Dude, every, exactly it is, man. Every spot's a, you're. I t I said this. I don't talk on Facebook anymore. I posted ghosts, but back in my younger days, I would uh, rant on people, and and I remember one guy had said something, and uh, just about uh, what he said something about um, uh, public land hunting and how like it was hunted out and, and this WMA that we were at was hunted out and all this other stuff and ended up going there. Me and a couple of buddies actually went there and we all killed a bird. It was three of us. Uh, we made a big post about it and tagged him and was like, Hey, you know, ain't no turkeys here. And all three of us, he got all mad and was like, you're taking out of staters there. And, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, man, there's birds here. You just, you got to get out there. Your secret spot is not a secret. 
everyone knows about it and nine times out of ten it's one of those things I call it the Google Maps effect when you look on Google Maps you're like oh my gosh this is the, this is the spot well uh, 500 other thousand people said the same thing like you think you're the <laughs> yeah. first one to see it now don't get me wrong get out there put boots on the ground see what it's about I love technology with stuff like that but don't think that you're the first one to find it. Our your dad found it. His dad found it before that. <laughs> you know their their dads found it. Like you know it's it's someone's been there eventually. I mean we've all seen the. I don't know how you guys are. You'll find the random like Dr Pepper can or the random beer bottle. Like someone someone's been out there. Yeah. I went to one spot, man. I took this guy one spot. We went, we went deep, man. We, we canoed in like miles and walked a bunch and really putting boots on the ground there and putting in some work and just finding a lot of signs. So we were super motivated and happy. We were seeing deer and Turkey and, um, I'll never forget it. We were there and we were sitting there and we leaned up against a tree. We're kind of like taking a break. And he's like, man, he's like, I bet you ain't nobody been out here in years. He's like, I, I can just tell. Man, I literally looked over and there was like a fresh little Debbie wrapper. Wasn't even like weathered at all. I was like, no, nah, I think someone was here last weekend. <laughs> yeah. uh, my, uh, my buddy Jordan Miller that uh, actually got added to the group. Uh, I think a few weeks ago, yeah, he became yeah. a member in service side. He, uh, I just probably just shot that book that we posted. Uh, I went and found this spot. Me and my brother-in-law and uh, Jordan had come with us a few weeks earlier. He was actually at work at the time. Me and my brother-in-law went to another spot, found it, and uh, worked a few spots on it. And opening morning, uh, me and Jordan were able to go. I said, he wasn't with me when we found all these spots. I'm going to send you the one that's easiest to find. He said, all right. So I explained it to him, sent him. He shot that doe open in the morning. We climbed down and uh, we go, we're hunting on base at Fort Polk. And we go to gas station, get a drug back to the truck and everything, go to the gas station, grab us something to drink. And I mean, we're in there like, we're in there a, a, a good ways into this block of woods. And uh, walking out, and this uh, guy, he's a soldier, he's, and he's standing out there. And uh, he said, Y'all don't have any luck? I said, Oh, yes, sir. I said, oh, My buddy got one. He said, uh, that, that silver truck shawls? He said, yes, sir. He said, oh, I'll send you all parked over here. He said, I watched you climb up your tree this morning. I was like, man. I said, why didn't you say something? He was like, oh, he was playing far enough from me. I was like, man, there goes my secret spot I thought I had. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know, secret, especially on the military bases, man. I, I hunted military bases in, in Virginia and Fort Pickett. And one time I hunted Camp Atterbury in Indiana. And, you know, you, you find out the regs. I hunted at, uh, gosh, I think it's like Indian Town Gap or something in PA. I hunted at that military base a couple of years ago. And um, a lot of people don't realize that, man. Uh, a, a shout out to uh, if you live near a military base, get out there and look at the regs because not a lot of people hunt those things. And it, I feel like when they do hunt them, they, they hunt on top of each other and don't even know it. You know, because some spots look good and you're like, oh, man, this is where they're at. Or maybe that's where the sign's at. I'm not sure, but... Uh, it, it always seems to work out that way. I hunted a military base, didn't see anyone except right near I was at and talked to him. And he's like, man, he's like, it was dark and I had turned around and I went down and I thought I was far enough away from you. And I'm like, I don't know, man, you's pretty close. So you's, he's probably like less than 300 yards away from me. But yeah, I'll do it all like going to the base and having to check in and 
Cause you, I mean, there's it's a military base, man. You go through a gate and you got to check in. They scan you in and everything. Oh yeah. It's, it's bow hunting only. That's what I like about it. It's bow hunting only. Yes. Once rifle opens, a lot of people clear out. They don't feel like going to the check-in because you have to go through certain gates to get in in the morning, and that may be further from their spot. And I don't mind it. And, and, no, I don't either. Nah, I'll take the deer take there. That. Aren't they're not as skittish to like you're saying skittish to people like you shot a buck walking back out to your truck. Yeah, they so, they're not man. They're not. I think it's because they do so many exercises and stuff out there, like so many training things and. Yeah, my, uh, so that's, my, that's my dad had always hunted with his buddies, and actually, uh, he just reminded me, they, they're up there scouting, uh, when 9-11 happened, and they were on base, you know, up there scouting, and 9-11 happens, I had no idea, there's no cell phone, we didn't have cell phones right. then, you know, as <laughs> they get back to the truck, they're heading out. And there's a Humvee rolls up. There's guys jumping out and uh, trying to get out of the vehicle. And he's like, "Man, what's going on?" And uh, like, you know, basically had to explain to him that like, y'all got y'all got to get off this base. Like we're locking this thing down. Y'all got to go. Like there's stuff going on. Oh man. And he's like, "Man, we're just you know kind of having our time. You know, going look at our spots and you know just kind of shooting a breeze with your buddy, looking at some looking at some new spots. He's gonna come out and it's like." locked down and people rolling up in hummers and uh freaking uh getting out of the all of them are all of them are suited up with m4 stepping out like get out of the vehicle and he was like man I, I don't know what's going on oh man dude i'll never forget <laughs> i'll never forget where i was when that happened i was i actually got my hunter safety course when when 9-11 i got my hunter safety course on uh 9-9 and then went to school. I stayed the weekend at my grandparents, passed my hunter education course, so excited, went to school. And I think it was like that Tuesday it happened. I was in like, I think I was in like the sixth grade or something. I was in history class and we were watching on the TV and stuff. It's it's crazy how how, uh, how you can remember every instant like that. I mean, well, I'm sure if people jumped out, I'm sure they were pretty hostile. Like, you better get out of here. Yeah, I mean, yeah that's not something you're gonna ever forget but um so we're working on about an hour here uh we'll we'll go ahead and wrap this one up it's a really good intro episode which we wanted to do uh we're definitely going to get you back on we're going to talk bow hunting we're definitely going to talk about your trip i know you got a trip coming up um so we'll definitely get you back on um <clears throat> But the kind of final question I have for you here is what are you kind of – what's kind of the future look like for Cajun Camo? Like what are you guys uh, – without obviously spilling too much of the secret sauce, which you are able to share, um, are you, what do you guys uh, – what's kind of your goal for, for this season now that you've launched? Well, man, like I said, it's out there. Um, I made some posts in these bigger groups. I'm getting a lot more exposure. Um, I'm sure you deal with this too. We have a lot of – there's probably been at least 40 people uh, private message me about uh, sponsorships and partnerships and field staff and pro staff. And, <clears throat> and it's awesome. You know, I'm super glad. I appreciate all the interest in the camo. And I'm just explaining to them, like, we're in the very infancy of this. We're going to see how this goes. If it, if we're, man, if, we t if it takes off and we keep being successful with it, that's something I'm definitely interested in because that's, that's how companies grow. Yeah. Well, you and, know, also remember, man, that, the, and this is the way I look at it, because I do get blowed up uh, hundreds of times a day by this, and 
I, for any of and those people that are listening, and this is obviously y'all's company, so you know, do what you want. But um, when it comes to field staff with a newer company, I recommend buy a set. Buy, go, go ahead and when you do field staff and things like that, you have to invest. You have to invest in yourself. Service sides like that. Service sides a pay to play program. I get cussed out daily with people saying, "Hey, this should be free." Blah blah. And I'm, hey, well, explain to me how you would run this for free. How would how would you pay salaries? How would you, um, uh, uh, you know, have your business license? You know, you have to pay to have a business. How would you? Uh, facilitate talking to a thousand people and making sure that they have all the perks and benefits that come with their membership. How would you facilitate that for free? If I was a millionaire or inherited a you know a gold mine or something, sure, I would love to do something like that for free. And I would look at it as almost as like a charity thing of, of getting more people into hunting and the money going into that. But we don't live in that fairy tale. We don't live in that world. Everything costs money. So I recommend that the field staff should... Um, you know that are interested in your company until you guys get to where you want to be buy a set buy a set of their clothes wrap them see what it's like give honest feedback honest reviews and i promise that you your dad your brother-in-law y'all are going to see who shines and who kind of shows out because at the end of the day i'm not like knocking field staff but you know there are some people that do join field staff just for a title and and they are not going to help the company grow and they're not going to contribute and at the end of the day man you have to bring some value as a field staff i did an episode with gabe denzi and he actually gives out sponsorships um you know so do we and you know i tell people like we live in a world where you have to bring value you tagging out every year that's great i love it i love to hear that but that's not the type of value. I had a guy today. I was like, I tag out every year. I'm like, that's great, man. I, I hope you keep tagging out. That's you obviously know what you're doing to tag out every year, but there's more to it than that because there's three thousand other people that messaged me that also tagged out. So, what do we? How do we pick? How do we choose? I do the one that 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 does the most for the company. You know that. You know, we're always going to reward somebody. We're never going to be like, just give us everything you got and we're not going to help you. I mean, you know, that's just yeah, not how we roll. That all the guys that have reached out, I'm like, hey, man, go ahead and send me the links to your, your socials and this and that. And like, and we have some people that have reached out to us that have, you know, 30,000 followers on YouTube. That's awesome. That's huge. You know, and I just tell every one of them, I kind of give them the same spiel, like, Look, man, we're just going to start out. If it continues to be successful, give me all your info. We're going to look into this. And I know it grows like that, man. You get you get a guy that gets 100,000 views on a YouTube video and he's rocking our camo. That's awesome. Yeah. You get a guy that's got, you know, whatever, uh, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, hunting channels on TV. We have people with hunting channels on TV that reached out to me today. Uh, um, that's, a, man, that's huge. Uh, you know, Licensing agreements is what is, I think, how smaller camouflage companies really make it, um, and which is what our that's our that's our true goal is. So we're we're doing this ourselves. This there's a reason um, we don't have eight different jackets and vests and four different types of bibs and all these things. Cause that's that's a massive investment. Right. Um, having all these different styles of clothes, but have a company that's established already. Say a company makes these high quality hunting clothes that would want to use a pattern. You know, I mean, like, okay, hey, look, we're going to reach out to us or 
connected somehow. Like, hey, man, I really like your pattern. You know, we're already rolling with all these products. That's, and, you know, it's a tough industry to get into with that. You know, everybody has their, everybody has their contract agreements with people. Like, hey, man, we're using this company's pattern, this company's pattern, and this one. And a lot of companies that come out with their clothing have their own patterns. Some of the biggest names in the game have their own pattern, two or three of their own patterns. They don't, they don't use anybody else's stuff. They don't have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what happened and with Badlands. They used to run up, you know, different patterns, and then they created their own. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's, and there's a bunch of companies that that there's companies out there that have none of their own patterns, and that's kind of the ones that I want to target and talk to. But just not even just the clothing, like your your ground blinds, your bag ice chest, your seat covers. All these companies, anytime you see a camo pattern on it, they've paid that company. They paid them something, you know, it's a license agreement plus, you know, whatever, a percentage of sales or, and it's, it's kind of like, you know, we have, we have two patterns right now. And I think a lot of companies, you know, just, if we can get, if we can reach out to them and get the exposure and show them what we have. And I, I, I'm not just saying this because yeah, we own the company. It's ours. You have to believe in what you have, but it looks good. It looks awesome on the trees. And I've wore camos that didn't look nearly that good my whole life and i think think it's gonna do very well if somebody would just give us that shot and you see how fast things can take off in the industry man one one thing like like the guy you had the uh podcast with man he's been taking pictures and under armor's using his photos now that's awesome yeah man you know what i mean people used to grinding it yeah man people used to tell him to give up i've I've literally seen people comment on his page and say why don't you just give up and the dude ended up getting an under armor like i mean that's huge years ago people people being like why don't you just get a real job and the dude kept on grinding man yeah that's uh, we've been you know we've we've got some things in the works man if it uh works out it's gonna be you know huge and that's our goal and if we can just get in with some of these guys and it's a busy time of year, you know, for hunting companies and reaching out to these people. And we've ran into a few delays that put us launching later than we wanted to, but you know, it's here now. And, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's there now. You've got it in the store. I mean, it caught my eye immediately. I mean, I filled a, a card up. I mean, because that's just the type I hunt flooded timber for waterfowl in the turkeys. I hunt pines. Um, you know, it's just, it goes really well with what I have. So it's something where, I, and the pricing was very fair. I thought the pricing was, was, was very fair for, for a start out company. Um, you know, I, I did not think it was, it was overboard or, or crazy or anything like that. Um, but it I need to be man for what we, for what we're offering. It doesn't, right. You know what I mean? Like we can we're able to get it made with, with the quality material. We make our money on it and we can offer it to the customer for a reasonable price i'll look at it as a you know man we all work we all have families we all and I, there's no reason to drop just absolute stupid amounts and then some people wearing outfits cost more than their bows oh yeah for sure man <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy <laughs> yeah. you know it is like, man, I don't, if it if it takes off man i mean we've always wanted our own place you know somewhere like a nice you know if, if it becomes successful, it can, it can, you know, you know, dreaming big eyes, you know, but it's just being able to take people that don't, don't get to go. If you have a, and we always love West Texas, like Texas Hill Country has always been 
my favorite place to hunt. And just having something like that and being successful enough and being well off enough to be able to take, you know, take these kids that don't get to go or host events, you know, getting kids in the archery and things like that. Or um, I've actually had a couple of people reach out to me that are with Veterans Association, with the Disabled Veterans Association. I'm going to team up with them and get them some stuff. Just be able to, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, it was kind of like a wounded warrior type of thing that he, he reached out to me and said, Hey man, I'm a veteran. This is what I do now. I'll take and like, dude, I, I like stuff like that. You know, it's just, it's not doing something good and posting about it type of thing. It's like, you know, that's, it's helping somebody out that may be dealing with stuff that we don't know about or helping, you know, the companies that take the, um, maybe the kids that have different disabilities and they're able to take them out hunting somewhere accessible like that because we said earlier in the podcast man it's not all i'm getting out of that uh just go out there and kill everything stage it's cool to bring people yeah you know and i've never i've never we've never been in that position where we can just hey man we got this big old piece of property and able to do all this stuff but that's future i'd like to do that go to sponsor things like that and uh i think there needs to be more of that i think there's a lot more people in the industry that are in that position that can do that and it doesn't happen and that's what the sports, you know, people out. Man, the sports gonna die if you don't. If you don't pass it on to your kids. If you don't help somebody out that may be interested in getting into it, you know, a lot of people. It's it's hard to break into. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to get started hunting or hard to get out there whenever you don't have maybe the means to do it or any any education or anybody that could help you get into the woods. And then if you ask a question on the internet, geez. Yeah, no, that's that's how service side was created, man. We don't we don't have that where we're at. We've we've never had that. If we have it, it's a zero tolerance policy. They'll be gone. Uh, this is a um, exclusive club, not a not a nightclub. So uh, you know, we 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 cut that out. I've I've actually only had to say something once ever, and I really just think the person was kind of just joking a little too hardcore, but. Um, you know, we don't, we don't have that here because of how the internet is. It's, it's pretty disgusting. I mean, we, we can all joke and we roast each other and I cut up just like everyone else, but there's a difference between cutting up and cutting someone in half, um, you know, and morally just degrading them. Um, especially if they're, if they're legal and ethical, man, they're always going to get my vote. I don't care if the spots fell off the deer yesterday, if it's legal and ethical, it's, it's, I mean, that's, that's what it boils down to. If you want to be mad at somebody, be mad at your state legislation. You know, write your congressman, uh, because your buddy is not gonna fix it. It's it's you're gonna have to go up higher, um, if you're upset about you know antler rules or whatever have you. Um, but we actually just did something in Texas. Uh, we had a youth program. We actually just sponsored uh, recently. We sent him a bunch of stuff. Um, guy in the club, uh, Hunter. He um, uh, I, I want to say it's like um, children that maybe lost their parents. I think it was. It was they were they were uh displaced children and um they went out and went on hunts in texas and it was so awesome they did a hog hunt um they did a deer hunt and they i believe they did a pheasant hunt and um, i'm still piecing all the the photos and everything together and talking to the game warden that was there and all that other stuff but um it looked awesome man the game warden came he was he was talking about laws he was talking about like what they do and, and what's going on and um, it was really awesome, you know, it was a bunch of kids there, they looked like they had a great time, and from what I heard, they had a great time, and 
you know, some they, none of them ever get to do that. You know, they don't have people to take them hunting and stuff. So I love that dream, and I think you guys should keep striving for it and and do it. I mean, in any business, you want to set a goal. I mean, that's the goal we have for service side. We want to do something very similar. We do smaller things, but it'd be nice to to you know rent out a a lease or something and and bring you know twenty kids there and split them up in groups of five and put them with you know a couple hunters and. You know, sit and put some ladder stands up, and and even if it's just bird, you know, doing some bird hunting, whatever, whatever you can do. Um, so you guys keep keep trucking, man, and and keep keep reaching for that. It can definitely be done, and I've told you many times, man. There's there's people that have good ideas and bad ideas, and I definitely think this is a good one, and I think it's gonna go far. Um, but a lot of people have good ideas, man. A lot of people have good ideas, but it's what you do with it. You know, are you gonna keep grinding? Are you gonna keep pushing? Are you just going to say, oh, no, it's too hard? You know, that's, that's, you're always going to constantly battle yourself. Um, you know, that's a battle I have daily with things. And you have to constantly just, just keep grinding because it does make it worth it. When I look back now of where Service Site is now, is what it was four or five years ago, you know, in real time, you don't see it. And then you look back and you're like, I think we had like 50 partners at that time or over 200. You know, it's, um, you know, we have 1,000 members. When I was in, we had around 400. <laughs> You know, it's yeah. It's like you know, my dad had this dream in '02. You know, and his things kind of things kind of fell apart for a while there, and we got it back together. And I say, look, we're gonna do it. We're going full blast. We're gonna set this up right. And I mean, we went from the ground up with trademarks and copyrights, and we have, um, you know, we have, I mean, all that, and just having that lined up and just kind of made it's just like i posted on one of the things i posted was you know, it's just we're normal guys we're just normal guys with i had a dream and put it into action and just gonna grind it out and do it the best way we know possible and see what happens man i'm gonna keep knocking on those doors and somebody somebody eventually answer you oh, know yeah. and somebody is somebody's man. gonna be interested in it and that's all it takes is all it takes is one man and, you know the and hunting just... industry is about opportunities and you either take them or you don't the hunting industry people come and go man they walk in the door they walk out the door you have to be there at the right moment at the right time there's been plenty of other people that have came with with a good idea that just wrong timing you just got to keep something's going to happen a door's going to open you know look at the back in the day when it was just real tree and just mossy oak now look at it mossy oak and real tree dominated for how long <laughs> you know like oh yeah they didn't and have any competition look, dude, they have their own real estate companies now oh they're, gosh, they're they got titans everything, in the industry they're titans i mean they're, they're yeah. huge you buy anything you buy anything made you can buy in a one of their patterns and it's just but it's just it's just like deer hunting man it's it, there's it's all about right place right time there's things you could do to make yourself luckier and we're trying to check all those boxes right now and you know and maybe catch that break you know but we'll keep keep grinding it out man so bo we'll wrap this episode up where can our listeners reach you where can they get your camo where can they look at y'all's website what's the best way for them to contact y'all if they have questions oh uh, now we're on facebook at uh at Cajun Camo, it's K A J U N K A M E A U X. Um, our website is the same. It's just www.cajuncamo.com. Uh, we have an Instagram at Cajun Camo. Um, our Facebook page has the links to our um, 
to the website, to the Instagram. I have our email on there. Actually, my phone number and my brother-in-law's phone number should be listed on the website. Um, man, you can send me visit the website if you have any questions. Uh, I mean, send me. You can send me a text personally. You can send me a message on the Facebook. You could send it to my personal Facebook. Um, anyway, you need to contact me, man. I, I answer questions. I've been the last two days since I made those big posts. My phone's been blowing up. I've been answering, uh, answering messages, answering texts, answering, and, and I don't mind. Send them to me, man. If I don't get back with you right away, like I said, I work and have a little one and try to be in the woods too. Um, but I will get back with you. So any questions you have, man, or any uh, reaching out to me and, and and the whole field staff, pro staff thing, I'm not. I'm not saying that we're not going to do that. Reach out to me, man. Send me your stuff. I'm interested. In it. I, I like, I love when people show interest in it. And I appreciate that. So send me, send me what you got, man. Cause there's a lot, there's, I think there's a lot to come in the future and, uh, you know, we'll see if we bring some of those guys on board and roll with it from there. Okay, yeah, man. Well, I appreciate it. And yeah, that was just so everyone knows that was just my, my <laughs> field staff opinion there of, of with smaller companies you know i just i've just seen companies man just give out product and product and product and just not receive any type of value for it and i just i, I just hate seeing that i think it bleeds revenue but obviously this is your company man Y'all oh, and, I, 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 and i agree with that too i can't we, <laughs> no, we're just getting started out and i can't you know i can't i can't just be sending that to everybody you know what i mean like ship this gets rough, man, ridiculous this, yeah yeah, man, this gets rolling, and you, know, you 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 have a successful system going on, and all that. Well, man, there's plenty of opportunity, and for us to link up later on. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm interested in it. Send it to me, but uh, well, we gotta we gotta see where this goes. Yeah, man, for sure. I mean, that's that's what we do. Once we got to the point where service I got big, that's when our pro staff came on. That's when those guys that you know got we we have guys that we we fully sponsor and and things like that. I mean, that's. That's that's when it happens is when you reach that level. You know when it happens. But I will definitely, uh, Bo, put all this stuff in the show notes. I appreciate you jumping on, man. Um, Cajun Camo, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and put my order in right now before I forget. I've got my cart filled up. Hopefully it didn't delete. But um, I love what you guys are doing, man. I'm really excited to, to try everything out. Uh, I wish I would have ordered it a little earlier um, so I could take it on some of my trips. But... Um, I'm a last minute Larry, so just kind of happens that way. <laughs> so that's all oh, good, man. And I tell you what, man. Before I before I end, what are you looking like roughly for turnaround time right now? If someone places an order. Oh man, we're we're shipping out daily. Nice. We're I get them in, get them in. We're packing them up. We're shipping them out. And uh, just want to let anybody know if you do, if you do order from us, and man, send us. Tag us some pictures, man. If you're sitting in the woods. Um, you, you have, man, you have a good hunt. You do kill something. Send us those pictures. Either send it to me on the Facebook or tag us in it. Or, I mean, man, even if you, even if uh, the only thing you shoot is a selfie, man, send it to us. We'd like to see our product out there. So, uh, we'd love to see that. So, if you do, if you do order, we appreciate it, and we'd like to see it in the field, man. Awesome, man. Well, thanks again. We'll definitely have you on soon. Um, I'm sure we will talk. So I'll see how your trip is, and you can see how mine is. But. Uh, Man, thanks again for, for, for jumping on with us here. Oh, thank you, man. I look forward to getting back on anytime you want me. All right. Well, you guys are listening to White Tail Theories Podcast, and we'll see you on the next one.